Good morning. I want to bring to you this morning something that most important thing is that we receive the word as individuals because God speaks to us and I know that as we minister before him every one of us will hear something different from the word of God but what I want to do this morning is to bring you a few thoughts together to encourage you this morning to make you realize this morning the worst person that throws stones is you always disqualifying yourself always saying I can't always saying it's impossible always saying this this preach today is to change that completely. And my thoughts today, I just want God to grab hold of and plant them in your heart to encourage you today to make them recognize who you are and what you are in God. And this morning I just want to bring these few thoughts to you. Over the past 30 weeks we've been looking at God's big picture. But today I want us to consider just a reason for the big picture and the reason I want to bring before you is God's creation it starts doesn't it with Genesis God's creation but the big thing I want to bring to you today is mankind you you were God's creation you were created in the image of God you were created for God's pleasure you were created to work on behalf of God you were given ministries and bits and pieces to make you realize that you're not just saved to occupy a corner but we're saved to succeed in God so that God would have the preeminence so that people would see our lives and the radiance of us and know that God lives and is alive and is vibrant and dealing in the lives of people and this morning I just want us to consider the, the, the general things and what God placed upon my heart is 12 stones the 12 stones of the breastplate I've got to think about the tabernacle. I really love the things about the tabernacle. But it started off as a tabernacle ministry and ended up being a Bible study. And I didn't want it to do that. And I don't think that was right with God. But over the period of the weeks, he's changed and changed and honed and honed. And what we've ended up with is honed stones. The 12 stones that were on the breastplate. We read it in Exodus 28. The stones of the breastplate. The breastplate was woven in a fabric with all the different things that gold and silver and the precious stones were there and the precious stones were put there and each stone carried a name of the twelve tribes of Israel they were contained on that breastplate the breastplate of righteousness the breastplate carried on the heart of the high priest as he did his services before God. The breastplate was that place where all the twelve stones were mounted together. All the tribes were unified on the heart of God. Each one of us today, in Revelation 2, verse 17, it tells us that each one of us that are born again have received a white stone with a new name on it. With nobody knowing that name but us. But we have the stone. We also find that on the breastplate, as well as containing the twelve tribes of Israel and being carried over and on the heart of the high priest, that they were precious and they were portrayed before God. As he ministered, God looked upon the man, fulfilling the job. And I want to lay the comparison. We have a high priest 
who is touched by our confirmities. The high priest is Jesus Christ. He is our high priest. We read it in the whole of uh, Hebrews, that this high priest who is always interceding before God on our behalf. And even now, in heaven, he intercedes on our behalf. But these stones, each one was a different material. Each one has a different characteristic. Some were pure and were, were, were absolutely transparent. Some were opalescent and some had many stripes or different variegations on them. We see the stones today. All these different garnets and emeralds and diamonds and diadems. All different. But the one thing they had in common was every one. And that's one thing I want to grab this morning. That you, every one of us, is a precious stone before God. We are precious in God's sight. The Bible tells us that even the death of the saints is precious to God. So whether we live or die, we're precious before God. We are someone to be reckoned with because our God reigns. We're someone to really be about because we are a living stone. 1 Peter 2 verse 5 and 6 tells us we are a living stone. A living stone. And we thank God that we're a living stone. And we thank God that we are chosen by God. In John 15, verse 16, he says, I didn't, uh, you didn't choose me, I chose you. I chose you before the foundation of the world. I chose you. And we think that so often, well, I went to this service and, and, and I did this and I did that. The only thing that we ever did was to put the faith that God gave us back into God. And he gave us eternal life. He gave us eternal life. And we read in John 15, 16 that it doesn't just end, does it, with being chosen, but we are appointed to bear fruit. We're appointed to live before him. We're appointed to do all that we have. And then he says, you can do this because if you ask for these things concerning my kingdom, I will give it you. And we need what we want from God. And so often we, we lack in our ministry, we lack in our life, we lack the very things that would excite God and excite us in God because we don't ask. The Bible says that the joy of the Lord is our strength. Now come on this morning, how many of us are really experiencing that joy of that Lord that is our strength? I don't say we should dance all about, not like me, I get a bit extroverted at times, but... You know, that joy is an inner joy. It's a joy that keeps us going. It's a joy that makes us accepted and the beloved. It's a joy that keeps us together. And just as these stones on the breastplate were kept together, they were kept together in a gold socket that was actually fixed to the breastplate. It became one unit. And we are one unit in God. We can't survive without each other. I need your prayers. You need my prayers. I need your encouragement. You need my encouragement. I need you as much as you need me. We're not built to be little islands of isolation, little people in little designated places. We are one body being built as a precious stone unto a holy temple, it tells us in 1 Corinthians 6. We are living stones being built into a holy temple. And Jesus Christ is building us. But we're a temple of what? We're a temple to contain the Holy Spirit. A temple that's full of praise, full of power, full of glory. 
I don't know about you, I sometimes feel a little bit lackluster in them areas. But it doesn't make the word of God a lie. It just means that I haven't asked. And this morning I want us to pursue God and ask. You also as living stones asking for God. The body being a temple. It's a temple of God. Honour God in your body. and Honour God with what you do. Honour God with your wealth. Honour God with all the provision that he gives you. Honour God with your praise and worship. Honour God with your very vibrancy of life. It isn't sometimes just a matter of living and saying, well, I'm alright because I speak to my neighbours and I tell them about Jesus. And it's great. But you see, we have a life to live as well. Do they see Jesus in you every day? Do they look at you and see the mirror image of Christ? Do they look at you and think there's something different about that person? Do they look at you and think, I don't know what it is, but I want what that person's got. My sole desire, my sole aim, my purpose, if you like, is to be what God wants me to be. Not something I want to be myself, but to just to be something that God wants me to be. And I thank God for the ministries that he puts within our hearts and lives. Each of us have a different ministry. But that ministry is amalgamated. It isn't a separate thing. It's amalgamated. If you've got the ministry of love, then love. If you've got the ministry of uh, encouragement, then encourage. If you've got the ministry of dividing the word of truth, then divide it and share it. If you've got the ministry of, of happiness, then share your joy. You've got the ministry of being able to pray for people and feel comfortable in prayer, then that's your ministry. But it isn't separate. We're together. We all need one another. We are all to be filled with the Holy Spirit. We are all to be overwhelmed by the presence of God. Romans 12 verse 1 says, giving ourselves to God in worship. And so often we come and we do a bit of the singing. We do a bit of whatever it is, but do we actually give ourselves into worship? Do we actually give of ourselves? Do we say, Lord, here I am, totally, and I want you to possess this whole body in worship. I want to give you my mind, my spirit, my words, my tunes, my songs, and I want the song of redemption to come out of my innermost being. The scriptures tell us that out of our innermost scheme shall flow rivers of living water. Living water, not dead water, living water. Water that revives, water that refreshes, water that makes us want something a bit more. Waters, you know, there's nothing worse than being in a barren land. And we see that in the scripture, don't we? Because we have that scripture laid before us as a heart longs for the water brooks. It's dryness, it's hurriedness, it's roughness. Life is arid and rough. We need to, to search after God for water brooks. Find that refreshing in God. Find that wonderment in God. Recognize who we are. We are chosen. We are precious. We are wonderfully and fearfully made because the Creator is a wonderful and fearful Creator. We are in there. As we consider the high priest in the tabernacle, he had a set of garments the priestly garments he had he had three sets he had a set that was to perform the sacrifices in his everyday wear so that people would know who he was, where he was and what he was about then we've got this sacrificial and then we find that he wears them to perform on another robe that he does and he puts it on 
to perform the high priestly robe as he brings the people before God. And so often we are the same. We wear garments. We wear in Isaiah 61, 3, it says, we wear the garment of praise. Cast off the spirit of heaviness. Cast away all the things that cause you doubt and despair. But put on that spirit of praise. You know, I've found in my lifetime that nothing, nothing releases me more than praise. Nothing releases me more than being able to say to God, I worship you, I love you, I adore you, you are all I want. You are the whole gambit of the possession that I require. I'm not interested in your gifts primarily, Lord. I'm not interested in your wealth primarily, Lord. I want you, you and your presence alone. I require you, Lord. And the garments that we wear are these garments of praise. But then we change and we have that we can come boldly before the throne of grace. Isaiah 61.10 tells us we have the robes of righteousness. I mean, we didn't go and earn them. We didn't go to the shop and buy them. They were imputed to us. They were given to us. They, they, they fit perfectly. And it's great having this robe of righteousness. But you know, when we minister to each other, God gives us another robe. He gives us a robe of humility. You know, when we minister to one another, do we not get puffed up and think, well, I've got the answers, I can tell you everything they need to know. Come to me, I'll pray for you, I know all about this. No. It's humbly saying to someone, I want to identify, just as Christ did for us on the cross, he identified that we needed a saviour. He identified us where we were in the pit of despair and he came down, joined us and lifted us from the miry clay. He came down and lifted us and he placed us to stand in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. He placed us there that we should have and that we should fulfill. God has given us freely all things. The best that we can give God is everything we are, everything we have and everything we ever will be. God, that I might serve you. God, that I might please you. I have a job. I'm employed. But in that job, Lord, let me serve you. Let me not work for money, but let me work for your pleasure. Let me not work, Lord, in the drudgery of the monotony of work, but let my soul be excited in you, knowing that in this place I am showing the people that you are real, that you care for me, that you are the God whom I trust and love, and serve. Ephesians 1, verses 3 to 8. A long passage of scripture. And it's one of the few that I've really got embedded in my heart and mind and life. And, you know, Ephesians 1 is just the epitome of all things. And the first thing that I learned was a pastor once come to me and said, you know, Ephesians 1 isn't any good when you read it and you read it to a congregation. It isn't any good when you read it to a person. It isn't any good if you just read it. He said, but put yourself in the first person. Put yourself in the first person. God, who has blessed Melvin with every spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus. God, who has lifted him out of the miry clay. God, who, and put your own name in. Make it a personal thing. Make it something that's real. Ephesians 1 is a, is a personal letter to the Ephesians. It was written to them. And we can take the word of God and apply it to ourselves. 
a message to us personally. It says, God so loved the world. How often have you heard? Put your name in there. For God so loved that he gave his only begotten son. That, you, Fred, John, Harry, would know, would know. Every blessing has been given to us, but not to store, not to keep, not to say, somebody told me, he says, a bit like Paul, Paul was speaking, and he says, though I speak in tongues more than any of you, that's not important. The important thing is, the message is everything. The message, that Jesus Christ can be your saviour, that Jesus Christ is Lord, that Jesus Christ can touch you where you are, that Jesus Christ can lift you, that Jesus Christ can enable you to be more than your expectations. Because as long as you limit yourselves by, it's only me. I disqualify myself because I'm not worthy. But Jesus has made us worthy. He has made us faultless. He has made us presentable before the throne of his grace, fully accepted in the beloved, Jesus Christ, the righteous. We are, of all the people, most blessed. Hebrews 4, it says, Consider our great high priest, even Jesus, the Son of God, who knows our every weakness, he knows our every fault. He knows our ultimate failures. He knows our despairs and anxieties. He knows everything there is to know about us, but covers us by his sacrificial work. He covers us by the blood of the Lamb. He covers us by the work on Calvary that he fulfilled. He f- went and he completed a job. He did it for you individually personally as we often hear if you'd have been the only person on the world Jesus would still have gone to the cross for you because of his love for you such is the love of God we see it described in the in the tabernacle and this is where I get a bit tied up again in the tabernacle see there in the tabernacle the brazen altar but it speaks of solidness it speaks of reliability it speaks of impartiality. And everything that was done on that altar with the sacrifices was impartial. It was on behalf of the people. It was to remove their sin. It was to present them before God. It was to say to them, there's an access. And then we go further and we see the golden altar. The altar of intercessory. We have an intercessor before the throne of God, even Jesus Christ, who prays for us, intercedes on our behalf. And that's what we are to be, intercessors, praying for people. Each one of us integrally presented there. There wasn't any favoritism at the golden altar. There wasn't any inequality. It was all for the people. And when Jesus died on the cross, he didn't say, well, I'm dying for the righteous, or I'm dying for Fred, or I'm dying for Harry. He says, no, Jesus Christ died, and he loved us because he died for the whole world, every person every race, everybody past, future present and his low compressing work on Calvary will never ever fade, it is an eternal work, just as much as you are an eternal living stone we are presented before God in all the fullness of this breastplate.
And the breastplate, all of us are represented. We're living stones. We all belong. But the most important thing I wanted to tell you is this, that <clears throat> the wholeness of this message is really and truthfully summed up in this, that you are a very precious, highly prized, and very loved precious stone. When you feel it going a bit rough, remember this. The stone was honed with craftsmen. It had facets put on it to radiate its fullness. So when you're feeling down and when you're feeling going through the pit and the roughness, remember that God is honing you to bring out a facet that will radiate Jesus inside. Each one of us is having the bits chipped off us to form us into this perfect diadem. A perfect diadem on the heart of God. A perfect diadem of God's love. A perfect diadem. Beautifully maintained, beautifully set there on the high priest's garment, worn on the heart as he presented himself before God. And we are worn within the heart and life of Jesus Christ as he presents himself faultless before the throne of grace and says, have you considered, Father, my daughter, my son, who I present to you this morning, have you considered? And God says, yes. Aren't they lovely? Aren't they beautiful? I delight in them. And this morning I ask of you one thing. This. As God delights in you, would you delight in God? As God rejoices over you with singing, as God performs all the things for us that enable us to be the person of God, he asks in return, he says, would you give me your praise? Would you give me your worship? Would you give me your love? Would you pour out before me all that you are that I might revel in who you are that you might revel in who I am? This morning we are called into that presence of God. This morning we are here before his presence. My sole delight this morning is to bring to you this word. It's not a big word, it's not a long word, but I believe that it's an important word that we recognize that we don't throw stones at ourselves and we don't throw stones at other people, but we recognize who we are in God. We are loved, chosen, adored, precious, always in God's mind, always on God's heart, always available. And God is there for us. 24-7. And the scripture tells us, doesn't it, so often we lack because of why? We don't ask. We go through things and we moan to God, but we don't stop and say, Lord, in this situation, I know you're honing me and it's rough. I know it's not pleasant, but I want to give you the glory because you care for me. I want to cast this burden on you and I want you to release me into your joy and peace. I want to be the person that you want me to be. I want to be able to stand before brothers and sisters and say, this is my testimony. God has touched me this week. God has done this for me this week. God did this for me yesterday. This morning when I woke up he gave me life. 
This morning when I woke up, I didn't see the undertaker. This morning I've got joy in life. This morning I'm refreshed in God. This morning I have a a designated job to praise you this morning. You've given me health and strength. You've given me the ability, a voice, words. You've given me the breath of the Spirit. You've given me all that I need to delight and get lost in you. And what's more, it says there, bang in front of us, he has made us in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses. I don't know why you aren't shouting glory. Because to me, you've just been given everything you need for godliness and life. According to the riches of his grace, not yours because you're bankrupt, of which he made forward to us in all wisdom and prudence. Now, I mean, I've, I've never, never, ever in my lifetime been able to read this verse and read this chapter without shouting glory. I haven't, honestly. Because it's my letter. It's telling me who I am in God. He blessed Melvin with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ. Even as he chose Melvin in him before the foundation of the world. You can put your name in it. It's personal. It's exciting. God knows you. God loves you. God wants for you the best. And so often we read it and we think, yeah, boy, nice guy. Yeah, it's pretty good, yeah. Mm. I praise God that he, <laughs> he just overwhelms me sometimes. I'm to the praise of his glory. I'm the praise of his grace. And he bestowed it on me and the beloved. Oh, I'm precious. How about you this morning? Are you precious? You would think so, wouldn't you? I'm going by your faces, probably not. (laughs) You see, it doesn't take a humorous servant to to make us laugh. It doesn't make a a, a pantomime at the front to, to, to make our hearts glad. We have Jesus Christ. He is enough. To delight in him is my sole aim. To work for him is pure delight. And if we never add anything from God, we've had enough when he saved us. Because we will never know hell. We will never know the pit. We will never know separation from God. He's given us all things in the beloved. I mean, that's enough to make a show glory, isn't it? Or perhaps not. In summising and bringing it all into a pattern, I want to say to you, if you need prayer to get yourself released, if you need that uh, assurance from God, don't leave this place until you've got it. Ask of God. Who isn't afraid. He, he gives us unbridledness. He gives it us in lavishness. God lavished on us the love. God lavished on us his salvation. It says that in the, my favorite passage of scripture, apart from Ephesians, is this. Because we've received a full measure. That's what? Pressed down. And shaken together, and is a little bit lacking. No. Pressed down, shaken together, and overflowing. Where's your overflow this morning? Where's your exuberance this morning? Where's your joy this morning? Where's your thanksgiving this morning? Where's your delight this morning? I'm not saying you should go around shouting and dancing and doing all... But where is it? Is it in your heart? Are you celebrating the very fact of who you are before Jesus? Because as we celebrate before Jesus, things can happen. As Peter read this morning, 
you lie there on your mat wondering who's going to help and God says I'm here what would you have me do for you that's the question this morning from God what would you have me do for you don't leave this place without answering the question before God because he wants to show that you are precious that like those stones you are together that like those stones you are individual that like those stones you have your own personal characteristic that like those stones you are carried on the heart of God may God bless this word to you